Haven of Hope Church, a true Pentecostal church with outward and upward praise and worship of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. In the coming fulfillments of the prophecies of the scriptures, the sea of humanity, in need and without hope, will flood our church. As God has promised in a word to us, if you remain faithful to me, I will remain faithful to you. With that promise in mind and the word that God has given us, we now know that Jesus Christ, through his church, has become the haven of hope for the hopeless. Haven of Hope Church, bringing hope to the hopeless in a hopeless world. Your hope is here. His name is Jesus. Welcome to Hope for the Hopeless, the sanctuary ministry of the Haven of Hope Church of God at 289 Acock Dairy Farm Road in Fremont, North Carolina, just off Highway 222 between Kinley and Fremont, and just off Memorial Church Road just outside of Fremont. We pray the day finds you blessed and highly favored of the Lord. The scripture says to give honor where honor is due and tribute to whom tribute. And we'd like to take this opportunity to say a very special thank you to Save News Network for making this ministry opportunity available to us here at the Haven of Hope Church. The following service is from our Sunday morning church service. It is indeed a joy and privilege to welcome you to our service this morning. It shouldn't take long at all for you to discover that the Lord has ordered your steps today to one of the best churches you've ever been. The people here are all about loving and caring about your family. Before you leave today, you will have discovered that you have new friends and that God loves you. Our worship music is covered by our CCLI copyright license, A20958803, streaming plus license, A20958810. And we're all just home folks, and we're all just family of God. But all together we'll be having church and praising and worshiping God together, as well as being fed the Word of God. It is our continued prayer that you're blessed of God, and may you be blessed by these services. If you need me for anything, please don't hesitate to call upon me, Pastor J. Mac Taylor. Now here's the message on Hope for the Hopeless from the Haven of Hope Church. Romans 3 and 1 says, What advantage then hath the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make their faith in God without effect? God forbid. Let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy saved, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. But if our unrighteousness commend the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unrighteous who taketh vengeance? I speak as a man. God forbid. For then how shall God judge the world? For the truth of God hath more abounded through, through my life, through my life, unto his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? And not rather, as we slanderously reported, and as some affirm that we say, let us do evil, that good may come, whose damnation is judged. What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they were all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way and are together. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips. 
whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. The title of my message today is No, Not Would you stretch your hands this way and pray for me this morning? My most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, I seek your face today. I seek your divine unction, your power, your anointing, dear God. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost be upon me today, dear Lord, as I bring forth this word. Let the word come forward today, dear God, in the manner in which you desire. Let it come forward today, dear God, in the way that you gave it to me. And allow me, dear God, to be the willing vessel. And through me, dear God, you move and let it be done as according to your will, that your name is glorified. And the way this word comes forth today, let it not return unto you void. Father, I ask your touch to be upon me today. Let me be an open vessel. Let your will flow through me today, dear God, and let me be obedient unto you as you lead. Father, touch this word as it goes forward that it might be a blessing unto your ears and it might go up and glorify you in the throne room of heaven, dear God, and, and throughout all the broadcasts, dear God, that we're making today. And Lord, let it go forward unto the hearts and minds of all those under the sound of my voice. Let it go forward, dear God, and that it be blessed them that they would grow from this word and their souls be nourished by this word. In the name of Jesus, we thank you and pray. And everybody said, amen. Now, you could be seated. <laughs> Today's message is going to be just a little bit different. I know I said that, but uh, it's probably going to end up being more teaching than preaching, but it's something that the Lord gave me, and I know, I know for sure that he gave it to me for this congregation. Uh, it probably will not be one of them wallbanger Pentecostal preaching. But in order to keep having those kind of services, we've got to get through this one today because the Lord prompted my heart and said this one is meant in order that this church might grow and be blessed and that they could continue to move forward. Hallelujah. There's a lot of scripture in this message today. The strength of our church is and has been the depths of unity and love that exists in this place. Can everybody agree with me there? It's because of the love that exists here that we see the miracle working power of God because there is no enmity, there's no backbiting, there's no gossiping, there's no backslashing, there's no politics, somebody trying to outdo somebody else to get something for themselves. There's none of that. Hallelujah. I'm praising God for that. Now, how many of you love apples? I do, I just love them. How many of you eat apples? Okay. Now, do you know what happens to apples? You go, you go buy a bag of apples, you bring them home, you put them in a fruit bowl, right? Let them sit there a couple of days and, and let them ripen up just a little bit more. And you go to bite an apple. Well, if you forget they're there, or if there's one that's not quite so ripe when you get, or it's a little overripe when you get it, and it, you leave it sitting there a couple of days, it starts to rot. Now the others around it might not be, they might not be uh, as ripe as that one. But if it touches, that one that's ripe begins to rot. If the spot where it rots touches another apple, do you know what happens to the other apple? It starts to rot too. And do you know what happens to the rest of the apples in that bowl within a few days? They all start to rot. Now, Michael Jackson used to sing a song, One bad apple don't, don't spoil a whole bunch, girl. 
But that's not true. One bad apple can spoil the whole bunch in a bowl. Just the rottenness of one apple can spoil it. <clears throat> we praise God we don't have bad apples around here. But I, meant to, I said that to say this. One bad attitude. One person who gets a bad attitude, they don't keep it to themselves. They go to somebody else and share it. And do you know what happens uh, nine times out of ten when somebody shares a bad attitude? They, the person they shared it with might have a great one. Until that, they share that bad one and they go, you know what, you're right. Now i got a bad attitude. Let me go tell somebody else. And here not too long after that, the whole bunch is spoiled with bad attitudes. Psalm 133 and 1 says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. If you'll read the Bible, if you've read the Bible very much at all, you'll find out that the Bible is replete with scriptures and passages on love and forgiveness and unity. It's, it's talking about, you know, if we don't have love one for another, we don't have anything. Amen? Matthew 18 and 21 says, Then came Peter unto him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him till seven times? Now, you know, when, when, uh, when Peter came to Jesus and said that, he was right proud of himself. I have forgiven my brother a few times, Lord. And he keeps right on getting on my nerves. And I'm going to tell the Lord that I have forgiven my brother seven times. He's going to be proud of me. But when he came to the Lord and said, how often do I have to forgive my brother that comes against me, Lord? Seven times. And Jesus said, are you kidding? Seventy times seven. Who knows what 70 times 7 is? 490. 490. Well, Jesus said to him, are you kidding? No, you forgive your brother 70 times 7. Now, there's a lot of scriptural attorneys out there. Uh, you know, those people in the church that know the word really good in their head but ain't got it in their heart. I know people. I literally, well, knew, knew they're not alive anymore. I knew people that literally kept account of how many times they forgave someone so that they could eventually get to 490. Can I tell you a little secret? If you were keeping account of how many times you've forgiven somebody, you're lying to yourself. You ain't forgive nobody. You're just keeping account till you can say, I'm going to slap him this time. That's what you're doing. Jesus didn't say 70 times 7 so that you could count how many times you forgive your brother. He said 70 times 7 because it's absolutely ludicrous to try to remember 490 times that you forgive somebody. Jesus said this in, uh, in Matthew 13, 34. He said, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also Love one another. Amen? I got to tell you a secret. If you love me like Jesus loved me, you ain't counting the 490. Amen? Now, love, the word says that love covers a multitude of sins. If you love me, now I'm, I'm becoming painfully aware I've known for a long time 
that I can be absolutely, utterly obnoxious. I'm aware of that. My problem is, I just don't, I'm not aware when it's happening. I don't know until after, and several people have said, you know, you were a jerk. And I'm like, well, I didn't realize it. I'm sorry. I wasn't intending to be. But it's, it's, I'm becoming painfully aware of that fact about myself. But see, I'm not the only one that's got that problem. Now, my dad, my dad's dad, was the most hateful man God ever put on the planet. Oh, yes. He was a huge racist and loved it. Oh, yes. And he was absolutely horrible. And he took great joy and pride and laughter in seeing how cruel and evil he could be to people. I've watched him do it. And he spoke to people hateful and angry all the time. My grandfather was like that. And because of that, my father, when he talked to people, he talked to people in a very gruff and, and, and harsh way. And he didn't know how to talk in a calm and enduring way. He did not. He, he, when he got emotional, he just got loud and boisterous and had his, and his voice raised. And he sounded like he was angry all the time. And he wasn't. Now, it, my, I used to think my dad hated me when he talked to me. But he didn't, he wasn't mad. It's just the way he talked. He got it from Papa. And you know what? I grew up with that. And my family vows and declares that I'm absolutely livid angry all the time when I'm just excited about a point I'm trying to make. And some of y'all have said it to me recently. Some of y'all have come to me and let me know, well, you're talking a little hard to us sometimes, Pastor. I'm not talking about from the pulpit. I'm talking about in just, you know, talking. Because when I get excited, I talk the way I was, I was, you know, I thought it was normal conversation. So I don't realize when I'm being a jerk. And I don't know when I'm being obnoxious. I learned it afterwards. But a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Now, as hard as I can be sometimes, is there anybody in here who doubts that I love you? I got something to tell you. First Corinthians talks about love. It calls it charity. But I'm going to read the passage and replace the word charity with love because that's basically what it means when it says it. First Corinthians chapter 13 and 1, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. In other words, if I talk like angels and I speak with authority and anointing, if I don't love you when I do it, ain't none of y'all going to pay attention to me. You're just going to ignore me. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. If I could literally work miracles in front of you, if you were to vow and declare I was a prophet of God and you saw me work miracles in front of you, if I didn't have love when I spoke to you, you'd be like, go away, fat man. Amen? And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profited me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love envieth not. 
You ain't jealous of somebody else. <laughs> Love vaunteth not itself. You're not, you're not loving somebody if you're exalting yourself above them. I'm better than them because they don't do it like I want it done. I'm better than them because I do better than they do or I do more than they do. Love does not behave itself unseemly. In other words, if you love somebody, you are not running them in the ground. You're not talking about them bad behind their back because you're so bitter and angry with them. Love is kind. Love envieth not. Love owneth not itself. Love is not puffed up. I'm better than everybody else and I know it. They, I wish they could be me. It, love does not behave itself unseemly. Seek it's not, it seeketh not her own. Love doesn't try to put herself first. If you love somebody, you're going to put them first. Love is not easily provoked. You got to love me. Because I don't know when I'm being obnoxious. So you don't need to be easily provoked when I am. Hallelujah. And love thinketh no evil. Bad, hateful thoughts ain't coming out of your mouth if you love somebody. Rejoice, love rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. No matter what somebody does, you're going to wear it because you love them. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures. That one individual that just steadily gets on your nerves, if you love them, you're going to endure them. Love never fails. You hear that? You ain't going to stop loving when you get tired of it. If you're a child of God. But whether there be prophecies... They shall fail. Whether they be tongues, they shall cease. And whether there be knowledge, they shall vanish away. If you don't let, if you don't let that love work in your life that way, if you're constantly letting somebody who's getting on your nerves, you're going to let it get to you. You're going to harp on it. You're going to live in it. You're going to let them camp out in your mind because they're not doing things the way you think they should. Then you're giving out your mind to hate rent free. And you know what the scripture says about that kind of thing? It says you're giving in to the root of bitterness. Hebrews 12 and 14 says, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no men shall see the Lord. What? Follow peace with all men and with holiness. Because if you don't, you won't see God. Now that comes right in mind. It bears right in mind with the scripture that, where Jesus says, you have to forgive because if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Those two scriptures tie in together. I want you to do this right now. I want you to spend some time thinking about the people you love. Your family, your friends, your co-workers, people in the church. I want you to think about how much you loved them before they started doing that one little thing that gets on your nerves. It causes you to constantly be angry every time somebody mentions their name. Pastor, how'd you know? 
It's called the human condition. If you'll think about them before that, you'll realize that you have some love, loving, warm, good time memories with these people that you love. I got something to tell you. Nobody's perfect. Not even me. And not even you. Ha ha. Everybody's got flaws. Nobody lives their lives exactly the way you think they should. Let me flip that script. You don't live your life the way everybody else thinks you should. Where is your love? This is getting to some folks. I can see it. <laughs> I see them nodding their head. And <laughs> Amen, praise Where is your first love? I'm not talking about the love you got now because you're tolerating somebody. This, I have to. I have to. I have to apply this to me between me and Ricky all the time. <laughs> Where's your first love? The love you had before people didn't live up to your expectations. The love you had before they started doing the one thing that you just can't get out of your mind. Have you let the foul waters of bitterness steal your love? Do you find yourself holding your brother or your sister's shortcomings against them because you can't get it out of your mind? It just annoys you and aggravates you to death. Do you find that your first love has waxed cold? But your anger and your strife has waxed hot? I got something to tell you. That will work on your personal peace. That will work on your personal spiritual life. Romans 3 and 10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open, their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of ass is under their lips. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood or to hurt somebody or to spread rumors. Destruction and misery are in their ways and the way of peace have they not known. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is nobody that's going to do everything exactly the way you think they should. And you're not going to make everybody happy. Do you know I have come to a realization that everybody don't like me? You know what? you got to come to that realization too. Everybody ain't going to like you. You cannot hold everyone else accountable for the things that makes you angry. When you're guilty of making other folks angry too. That is not love. That is not Christ-like. That's not unity. That's not having the love of God in you. Amen? 
Matthew 7 and 1 says, Judge not that you be not judged, for with that judgment you judge, you shall be judged, and with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out that mote out of your eye, and behold, a beam is in your own eye? Thou hypocrite, hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote of thy brother's eye. Okay, my, my father-in-law had this great say, saying, and I, I never could figure it out until later in years. He said, some folks are gagging a gnat and swallow a camel. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. What? He said, the little things will trip you up and knock you down. Because you just, I'm going to hold everybody accountable to the minutest thing. But you let the big thing slide through. Gag it a gnat and swallow a camel. We are finding fault. And finding fault will almost always lead to bitterness. Saints of God, we must avoid the root of bitterness. It, it, as much as we love each other in this church, over the past few months, I have begun to hear it. It's, it's springing up. It hasn't been here before, but it's coming now, and I don't want the bitterness to overtake the love that's here. Hebrews 12 and 12 says, Wherefore lift up the hands which hang down in the feeble knees, and make straight the paths for your feet, lest that which is lame to be burned out of the way but let it rather be healed follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see God looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby you many be defiled if somebody's getting on your nerves or somebody's doing things that bother you you need to lift them up the hands that hang down says lift them up so that you can make your path straight. So that you can, because if you don't, we need to lift up the, the, the downtrodden and promote love and unity to those <coughs> who have caused us to hold a grudge. We cannot maintain our faith as a Christian in our Christian walk or even get into heaven hanging on to the root of bitterness. And that same root of bitterness will destroy your peace in the rest of your life. Not just in the areas coming to do with the people that don't do everything exactly the way you think they should. Hallelujah. That same root of bitterness will destroy your walk with Christ. It'll destroy your peace. It'll destroy your faith. And it'll multiply your heartache over all areas of your life. We have founded our church on two verses. I read the other one a minute ago, and I'm going to read this other one. 1 John 4 and 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Amen? Saints of God, this church's strength is loving one another to the point of forgiveness. Some of y'all have got on my nerves so bad. 
and I have I have slammed things down on my desk. I have slammed my doors. I have. But the thing of it is, I don't stay mad with them that long because I love them, folks. I have said this, and a number of you went through your head listing people that have done things that aggravate you. They don't do things the way you think they ought to. They do, they do things the wrong way and gets on your nerves, and your peace has been shattered over it. You've been thinking about it. But today the Lord has, has tricked a few hearts. I want every head bowed and every eye closed if you don't mind. Friends, we always like to end our service, each service, with this sinner's prayer. And if you would repeat after me, we use the right hand and use each finger on the right hand to, to signify and to pray with each of these parts of this prayer. If you repeat after me, dear Lord, I'm a sinner. Jesus, I know you're the Son of God. I know you died on the cross for my sin, and you were raised again on the third day. Come into my heart and forgive me, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for making me a Christian. In Jesus' name. Our worship music is covered by our CCLI copyright license, A20-958803. A streaming plus license, A20-958810. We thank you for joining us for Hope for the Hopeless on Save News Radio. Join us each week on the air or at the Haven of Hope Church at 289 Acock Dairy Farm Road in Fremont, North Carolina, just off Highway 222 between Kinley and Fremont, and just off Memorial Church Road just outside of Fremont, North Carolina. Service times are Sunday school at 10 a.m., morning worship at 11 a.m., Kids Storm Children's Church at 11 a.m. in the Youth and Children's Center, Sunday evening worship at 6 p.m. with the fellowship dinner following service in the fellowship hall each Sunday night, Tuesday night old-fashioned prayer and deliverance service at 7.40 p.m., and Wednesday night youth church at 7.30 p.m., or on our Facebook page at the Haven of Hope Church group page. Come and join us at the Haven of Hope Church. Hope for the hopeless in a hopeless world. Your hope is here. His name is Jesus.